This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So the ACC, we don't, we no longer have games on Thursdays. We never have games on Fridays in basketball. We have one on Monday. They got a bunch on Tuesday. We have two on Wednesday. Like we had nothing to talk. There's no basketball to talk about. I guess we can talk about what's bas- what the basketball there is to come coming up on the weekend. And I actually lied before. There is a game that matters, and it involves Wake Forest because they're playing at Virginia Tech. And if Wake Forest knows what's good for them, they won't lose. I mean, look, Virginia Tech's good enough to beat anybody. But that's a big game because you just lost at Notre Dame. You don't want to pr- prove to everybody that you can't win away from the Joel. That's a t- such a bad loss. I know. That's more fuel for Jerry. That's right. Probably is coming up in two Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian Geisinger, uh, our basketball maven, joins us on the Adam Gold Show. We talk to Brian every Friday. Uh, all right, talk me off the ledge about Wake. Like, I want, I want to believe. I want to believe that they're as good as I think they are. But are they only this good at home? How do you lose that game? How do you give up yeah, seventy game, points to them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's start. Notre Dame. They're they're a very. They're not a very good team. Right. Uh, they're a very very poor offensive team. But like, if you look at their starting five, they actually have some good players. Like Marcus Burton's a nice freshman guard. Uh, they, they're, it's a, they have very, Michael Shrewsbury is a very, uh, good coach. Um, so they're at this point in the season, I think like they're maybe not a super deep team, but as far as their starting five goes, there is some talent there that said, like, I'm pretty surprised, uh, wake, wake dropped that game. Um, I haven't finished going through all of, all of the film for it yet. I'll do that probably this evening, <clears throat> But Wake is a good defensive team, and they, that kind of performance should not be happening. I know it's on the road. Um, I, I know you know Notre Dame's a tough team to score on. They are good defensively, right. but you can't you know just, you can't be phased. You you the deep your defense needs to be able to win you that game on the road. Um, this team has good defenders. They have a, a a power forward and a center who are both very solid on that end. In in Efton Reed and Andrew Carr, um, when those guys are are not in foul trouble, but um, so I don't know. It was a tough game. I still th- a tough loss. I my hope for Wake would just be that good wins matter more than than bad losses at this point, and um, and that they can you know at least you know hold the ship steady here th- for the rest of the season. But it should be scary against a team like you know, look Wake should beat Virginia Tech. Yeah. But given given how Tech plays, given who coordinates their offense for them, they're a team that could also just hit you know twelve threes against you. And take your t- take your game plan, your precious game plan, and just throw it <laughs> over the top rope, you know. Um, and that's the thing that it's like scary, you know. Uh, it should be, but I, I do think Wake handles business. I see this team in the tournament, and uh, I'm not. I've, I felt that way since you know mid November, right. and I'm I'm not at this point. I'm not going to like back down from it. I agree. No, they, they're a tournament team. There's no question about it. Um, but man, why give why give those dopes in the committee room? Why yeah. give them reason? Why give them license yeah. to go? You know what? Your road record is, and I wrote it down. I mean, I, I keep I keep writing all these things. It's like one or two and something. Like it's, you, you can't be that bad on the road. I don't even care anymore. Uh, I'm I'm <laughs> done with you. Wait, no, I'm actually I'm kidding. But 
uh, again, I love the, I love the team, and they just they just I, I, Virginia Tech. It's not going to be easy to win at the castle because I think Virginia Tech is one of those yeah. teams that you go, man. They probably should have been a little bit better this year. Maybe not. Um, I think I think Pitt's a good enough team to play in and beat teams in the tournament. Uh, but they're going to have to win probably all three of their remaining games, I think, uh, to give themselves. And then maybe win a couple at the ACC tournament. A five-game winning streak would not hurt Pittsburgh any. <laughs> Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, probably. But you're right. They are a team that, like, they they can put together stretches of really good play. Like this is a uh, a team that has multiple ball handlers. I mean they're both they're both freshmen, but but Bub Carrington and Jalen Lowe are both very good. Uh, Blake Henson is sort of like the ultimate irrational confidence guy, and <laughs> he's he's one you know he's one hell of a shooter too. Um, I mean he's been held in check every now and then, but he, similar to what I was sort of saying about Virginia Tech, it's one of those games they get him coming off screens and. Into, into some pick and pops, and all of a sudden he hits, you know, four or five threes, and again, it can just flip a game upside down. But I, I do think uh, this, this pit team uh, has the chance to string together. It's, it's tough. If, if, they, if it's required for them to actually, like, win the, that many games, consecutive, that's the thing that punches their ticket, I would be a little concerned. But, um, but do they have the ability to, to do it? Yeah. Like they, I would, I would be a lot does. concerned. Yeah. yeah. Although at Boston College, home against Florida State, home against NC State. I mean, it's sitting there for them. If they want to go. Those are all all winnable games. Those are all winnable games. Yep. Yeah, all winnable games. FSU can be tough um, just because of their, their length and their ability to switch. Um, and the the offenses maybe looked a little bit better for them towards the, the end of the season here. But uh, that is a game I, I would favor, you know, Pittsburgh in and. Um, <clears throat> sort of, we'll see, I guess, where state is come towards the yeah. end of the season. We're going to get to that um, right now. Brian Geisinger, yeah. um, our college basketball guru, and he joins us every Friday. Let's talk about state. By the way, um, for Pitt, you can't finish in the top four pretty much. I don't think, I don't, I think mathematically it might be over. Uh, but if you win twice, it would mean you won a game on Thursday. If you win a game on Thursday, you have beaten somebody that is probably already in the field. That would do well. If you won five in a row, I think Pittsburgh might find themselves into the NCAA tournament. Uh, what chance do you give NC State? How would, If you were NC State, how would you go about attacking North Carolina? Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've discussed this before because I think the stuff that State does best or stuff, the stuff that it's most comfortable doing offensively uh, is not barring like, you know, some, you know, probably an above average shooting performance from more than just DJ Horn. It's, it's tough to sort of like get UNC to come out of what it does best defensively with Armando Baycott. Uh, they're they're going to play drop coverage. They're going to ice side ball screens. They're going to weak screens and try to get you to go to your, uh, to your, you know, your less preferable hand when you're initiating the offense. Um, and with a guy like Baycott too, they can double the post, but they can also guard you straight up. 
And when state can't get two guys to commit to Burns in the post, sometimes it's tough for them to open up, you know, cutting lanes. It's tough for them to open up kickout passes. Uh, the offensive performance Casey Morsell had, um, not after the Syracuse game. Who did they? Who did State beat in between? Um, in between uh, before before FSU, what was that matchup for them? Oh, uh, I'll I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you in a second. State uh, they beat Miami. They beat Georgia yes. Tech. The Miami game yeah. after the Syracuse um, loss. I don't know either. Yeah, they beat Clemson. Way, they won at Clemson. Yeah, I don't think that's the game. The okay, performance I'm I don't either. Of, but regardless. When Marcel gives them a second option offensively, all of a sudden they have someone that can that can spot up, that can that can get downhill and give them a you know a secondary guy next to DJ Horn. I think short of that, it's going to be tough. I will be curious to see like if Horn gets it rolling out of the pick and roll with his pull up jumpers. You know, does UNC alter some of its coverages? But short of that, like Horn coming out just kind of guns blazing, like I think UNC can sit in its shell and uh, and on the other end just let its offense with R.J. Davis, uh, you know, go to work. Is there another candidate in the ACC? Brian Geisinger is joining us here, 24-7 Sports, BuzzBeat Podcast, Pack Pride everywhere. Uh, is there another candidate, legitimate candidate, somebody who might uh, get a, first, uh, a vote for ACC Player of the Year not named R.J. Davis? I could see some other people getting votes, but, I mean, I think who, to your point. For like, Player of the Year, who? Who would, who would be for, a... Who would get a player of the year vote in this league? I mean, just given how the voting works, yeah. Right. Could you see like a, a team centric voter voting for I, mean, I don't think it would be, you know, Filipowski, but you know, uh a Hunter Salas or something like that. I'm not saying that these like RJ Davis should win ACC player of the year, but couldn't you see the uh someone voting from South Carolina voting for PJ Hall at Clemson? But yeah, no, like, could I, I you, could see it, but could I would clown that person. Sure, that's fair. As as you probably should. Yeah. No, Davis is he should he should win whether it's unanimous or not. He should win in a landslide. Um, and what I did, will say, I did for a second when they were when the UNC UVA game was a little close last weekend. Um, Reese Beekman's doing a good job on RJ Davis. It was sort of like, ooh, am I am I seeing some like last <laughs> you know last late movement here? Um, and, and, you know, RJ had a tough game that day, but of course he bounces right back immediately against, you know, lights up Miami. So, um, no, it should be RJ. He deserves it. The, the shooting, the playmaking, the, the big plays he's made, you know, at, at the end of games is pick and roll passing. Like he just does so much for this team. Um, and so, yeah, he should be the guy. I actually think like there's some interesting cases to be made for, you know, first team all ACC yes. around him. Um, I think there's like six, seven guys for, for five slots. But as far as player of the year goes, I think RJ has that uh, pretty sewn up. Right. Like, I understand there's always going to be that Homer who thinks that, you know, usually in Virginia, um, but I don't even think any, they'll vote for Reese Beekman <laughs> as uh, ACC player of the year. He's a very good player. There's no question he's, he's awesome. a good player. He- he should be first-team all-conference, in my opinion, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's he, of, he basically is among those six or seven players that you Correct. talked about fighting for the other four spots. One of those uh, should belong to R.J. Davis. He's just had that good a year. You know, a month ago, we might have said Kyle Filipowski was also, you know, yeah. that guy. But obviously, his game dropped off a little bit. Like, he was never going to shoot, you know, 60% from three-point range. 
Um, how close to, you know, optimum Kyle Filipowski do you think we're seeing right now? Um, it's tough because he's, he, they, first off, it's a tough question to answer because like, I think he's being pretty well optimized, uh, in terms of, you know, how Duke's using him, but I think he's also being scaled up probably above his comfort level in terms of like how much play finishing they need from him. I think I say this all the time when I come on here, like the stuff that he does best is his passing. Right. And you can, and he is such a, I mean, he, even the other night against Louisville, he had two passes in that game, including a behind the back one, the Sean Stewart, <laughs> uh, you know, he it was a pick and pop. He drove a close out, then threw it behind his back to, you know, off a live dribble to Stewart. I mean, he is a seven foot guard. Like he really is. He has those kinds of like passing skills. Um, but you know, Duke needs him to, to be a play finisher often for them. Um, and he also has to anchor the defense and, and that's a team effort on that side of the court. And Mark Mitchell's a big part of their, like, you know, backline defense as well, but flip with what he has to do, guarding, pick and roll, protecting the rim, switching out. They ask him to do a ton. So I think he's pretty close to like fully optimized. It's just, and maybe we haven't seen it, you know, him do it for like three straight 40 minute games kind of right. where it's just been like so clearly that like I think often it's clear he's the best player on the court like he's gonna be a lottery pick or whatever but um but yeah I feel like it, it does seem like something's missing just a little bit and I think some of it has to do with just like mostly play finishing but it is incredible because even when he's sort of having a a so-so game I mean he, he's always like knocking on a, a double double with yeah. efficient shooting in, in a bunch of assists he didn't too. have a great he's really good he didn't have a great scoring game against Louisville but he did everything else right he yeah only played yeah, 29 yeah. minutes he had what nine points right whatever it was but he had six mm-hmm. assists um and I think Duke without Caleb Foster showed you uh a lot more of their total game I thought uh, mm-hmm. Tyrese Proctor looks like he's closing in on getting back to what he was. I don't know that he's ever going to be a consistent shooter for Duke. Maybe that'll come maybe later in his career. But I think the rest of it, I think, looks pretty good. I, I've i been in, uh, impressed with that. Uh, is the is, Jay, is Jared McCain the freshman of the year in the ACC? Yeah, I mean, I almost said something about this a second ago. He probably should be the unanimous freshman of the year in the league, too. I mean, I think there have been some other guys i think a guy like caleb foster deserves you know all freshman team uh consideration as well right. maybe even elliot Cadeau. i love elliot Keyshawn george or Keyshawn george at miami there's some other baby dongo at georgia tech like there's plenty of names to, to roll out bub carrington jalen low at pittsburgh but no i think mccain has been you know considerably better than all of these guys and that's like not even like all the guys i just named are very good players <laughs> some of them will play in the nba but McCain's been incredible. I mean, he's been—he's one of the best shooters in the country. Uh, he can play make with with his with the ball in his hands. His defense is so much better from where it was, like end of November, early December. Right. Um, I actually think he does like he's actually like tough to drive at times now. Whereas initially, you could sort of you know reject a screen or cross over and get downhill against him. He's been so solid. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
and recently like some of the stuff I've really really enjoyed from from John Shire and I've, I've written I've written about this and tweeted about it some too but Duke using Jared McCain as a screener and his willingness to set screens he's the best shooter on the court right and so that in turn can make him a very very dangerous screener and what they're <laughs> doing with him to get guys like Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski looks at the rim and the half court uh John Shire Duke staff very creative very very savvy uh, coaching staff there in, in Durham. And it's been fun to see all the different ways they've utilized McCain. So I'm super impressed with him. Uh, I, I love his competitive spirit. Uh, I love his work ethic. And it's seriously his ability to shoot and shoot off movement from crazy distances is just, uh, it, it's pretty special. Even for a program that's had some amazing shooters over the last decade. Yeah, I and, think he's, you know, in the consideration for the best of them. And uh, at 42% from three-point range, uh, he's still looking up at Jeremy Roach, who's having on the low one of the best shooting years yeah. we have seen yeah. in a long time. 48% from three, f- just about 50% from the field, and 86.5% from the line. It's going to be interesting to see R.J. Davis and Jeremy Roach, who I believe entered the uh, – didn't they uh, yeah, arrive in class. town the same class? And yeah, they're, 2020. They're both still here, and uh, I think they'll both end up being first team, although R.J. Davis will be – uh, I think he should be a unanimous ACC Player of the Year. Brian Geisinger at Geis underscore Bird. 24-7 Sports, Pack Pride, Devil's Den, Buzzbeat, everywhere. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but that's uh, because you know what you're talking about, man. I appreciate your time, always. And we'll talk to you yep. next week. You guys have a nice weekend. Hey, by the way, the you know uh, Duke and Carolina play next Saturday. No, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about it. Just so you, This is new information. Prepare. But yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, I will. Prepare for that. Thank you, sir. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. 